Welcome to the Unabridged Podcast. I'm Ashley. And this is Jen. Join us for bookish episodes and check out our website, unabridgedpod.com, where you can find lots of new bookish content to grow your TBR. Sign up for our newsletter to find out more about online book discussions and upcoming events. Find us on Patreon for extra unabridged content. Join us on Instagram and Facebook at Unabridged Pod and message us there or see our website to get plugged into the Unabridged community. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hi, and welcome to Unabridged. This is episode 265, and it is our first episode of the new year. So happy 2024. Before we get started with our discussion today, which will be about reading challenges, both the ones we did last year and what we're planning to do this year, I wanted to remind you that this season we are putting a lot of content on Patreon. We really use that platform as a way to give some exclusive content to say thank you to our supporters on there. And these days we do both an episode and a text-based document for people who are on there. You can check it out at patreon.com slash unabridged pod. We appreciate your support so much. Before we get into our reading challenges, we wanted to share our bookish check-in. Jen, what are you reading? So I am reading William Gibson's Neuromancer, which I last read in college in a fantastic sci-fi fiction class. And one of my students was asking me about it. And I was like, oh, I'll reread that. So I got the audio. And I will just say, I have realized that audio is is not the format for this book. So my my discussion (laughs) here is going to be a little fuzzy because I think I need to bail on the audio and go. I, th- I think I have the print copy somewhere. I need to switch. But anyway, Neuromancer is considered to be cyberpunk. And the sci-fi class, I took it with our central question was, what does it mean to be human? And so that is the background that I was using as I entered the book. The main character's name is Case, and he is living in this future where modifications to bodies are typical. So like there's one woman who has made her thumbs knives and there's one, there are people who have like special glasses embedded in their face so that they can almost like x-ray things. And Case had implants that allowed him to, and get ready for some synchronicity here, to hop into the matrix seamlessly with his brain. And every time it says the matrix in the audiobook, I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, oh, wait, not the matrix. But anyway, but it is very similar <laughs> that there is this reality that he can access. Well, he is like this guy for hire and he owed someone money and they basically captured him and did this thing to his brain that dissolved those neural connections. And so he is really struggling to find work and to make it through the world. And he had also become pretty dependent on it. He gets in touch or someone gets in touch with him who says they can fix it if he'll do this job for them. So that's what it is. It's kind of this, like, if he does one more job, then he's going to be able to get and keep these neural enhancements back. It's just really complex and it's pretty hard sci-fi. And so I am finding that my comprehension on audio is not what it should be. So there was something that just happened when I was listening this morning and I was like, Oh wait, this happened earlier, but you know, I can't flip back the pages to double check. And so I just realized I need to, I need to do some print, but it's really good and it is compelling. And I have some students, it, it has explicit moments. So I would not recommend it to every student, but I have some students who are really going to like the questions it asks about what the future might look like. And yeah, about how much modification can you do and still be one of my students was talking to me this 
about this the other day, the whole ship of Theseus idea. Like if you replace a ship board by board, when is it not the original ship? And so it's like that with humanity and how many modifications you can do. And yeah, I think there are lots of interesting discussion points. So anyway, that is William Gibson's Neuromancer. Interesting that, yeah, I have not read that one. And that totally makes sense to me about the audio because I definitely, I find that with things like sci-fi or fantasy where there's a lot of world building that I struggle with it, especially because like you said, you can't flip back. So I think, and you can't, I I struggle with that with eBooks, but at least you can search for words if you are trying to remember what a term means or something like that. And so I feel like that's really hard with the audio. And I also find it when it's like family, like epic family Mm -hmm. stories. That's another time that audio is harder for me because I'm like, who is this person again? How are they related to whoever? You want the family tree in the front of the book. Right. Right. That is such an important resource. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm Well, Ashley, what are you reading? So one of the things that I'm reading is still in the holiday spirit. This one is thanks to Libro FM, and I'm listening. It's Talia Samuel's The Christmas Swap. And I just started this, and it is really fun. I was looking for something that was kind of fun and short. And it's really a fun premise, basically, and it's fake dating, which in the romance world I find usually works for me. That's one of the tropes I definitely like. So. In this one, Margot is, she contracts, you know, she does work for people. And so she's working for Ben, like she has a contract with him and does, I think, SEO kind of stuff and that kind of thing. And so Ben is the person, Christmas is approaching, and they decide that, and they live in London, but he is going to, his family's extremely wealthy and they're going, he's going away for the holidays. And he kind of discovers that she is alone and does isn't going to be with anybody for the holidays. And so he invites her to come on this thing with him. And she is like, but she, she'd had a hard breakup with her girlfriend. She's totally by herself. At first she's like, no way. This is, I'm not going to do this. But then he says, well, it'll really help me also because everybody else is always coupled up and I always come home single. So if you'll just pretend to be with me, then like, you know, this is a benefit to me also. So because she feels like she's also helping him, she agrees to go. And then when they get there, there's a series of unfortunate events. She like (laughs) opens the door and it slams into a poor dog and then walks into the chest of his sister, you know, so there's a series of (laughs) mishaps that happen very quickly. And she also thought they were going to get there first just her and Ben. And so her plan was to learn all about him because she hardly knows the guy. So she was supposed to learn all about him so that at least she could answer questions and kind of play along. But then they get there and Ellie, his sister, who she unfortunately walked right into, (laughs) is there already. And so she's taken aback because she's like, oh my gosh, when are we going to study? So you see it from Margot's perspective. And then right away, also, you start seeing it from Ellie's perspective. And Ellie is like, at first, she's like, something is off here. And she's like, what is going on? Like, they don't have chemistry. They don't seem very comfortable with each other. And then she's like, oh, my gosh, she's a gold digger. Mm. And so immediately, she starts, like, trying to sleuth around because she's like, ding, ding, ding. She doesn't like him at all because she doesn't like him because she has no interest in that. She's just as interested in his money and the family's exceedingly, exceedingly wealthy. So anyway, it, it is very entertaining so far. Definitely set up for a good series of 
hilarious and somewhat unfortunate circumstances, and I am enjoying it. So again, that and I love the audio. It's it's been great on audio so far, and it's Talia Samuel's The Christmas Swap. Oh, that sounds and so far really so good. good. <laughs> All right, I need to add it to my list for next year. I have a hard time. I like holiday reads, but I get burnt out if I start them too early. So I like to just save them on my Kindle or yeah, just save them. I on think the that's list. really wise, and that's what I used to not read the holiday. This like I, I I feel like I've started since the podcast. You know, first I eased into the spooky season ones, and I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. It's kind of fun to read atmospheric stuff. But I was still really resisting the holiday ones. And then we started reading it for the podcast, some of which I have frankly hated. And then I'm like, ah, maybe this is maybe this is not for me. But I've found that just like horror books, that there's like insane with thrillers. There are a few that I like. It's just that I don't like all of them, so I have to kind of choose carefully. And that's how the Christmas, New Year's, those ones are. Mm-hmm. I have to be kind of careful which ones I choose, but I do find that I really enjoy reading them for this season. So yes, it is wise to save it for next time, but mm-hmm. it's a good one. <laughs> well, moving right along, we wanted to first recap a little bit about our reading challenges from this last year, and then we'll look ahead to our plans for this coming year. Jen, do you want to talk a little bit about your 2023 experience? Sure. So I took on a few reading challenges, and a lot of them are ones that I've been doing year after year. So I did, of course, finish the Unabridged Podcast Reading Challenge because, (laughs) yes, we should still celebrate, but we scheduled our episodes so that we could help people pick books for this challenges. So of course, as I was reading for the episode, I was knocking off those categories. And I was just thinking about which categories I enjoyed getting that little push the most. And I think I really enjoyed the classic by a BIPOC author and book about food, because that is not something I gravitate towards naturally. But the ones I enjoyed, like I just recently read toward the end of, I think I read it in November, Land of Milk and Honey. And that was speculative fiction. So it checked that category too, but that was really fascinating. And the food description was amazing. So I think even though I am not a cook and that is not a topic I gravitate toward when it's done well, there's just something sensory about it. That's really powerful. So finish that one. Then I did read Austin 23, which was a series of buddy reads I organized. So in 2022, I did read Austin 22 and we read all of Austin's novels basically a two months for each. Well, there were all of these retellings that I've been saving up until I read some of those books for the first time. So in 2023, we started with Austin short works and then did a bunch of retellings. And that was really fun. Now I will say it just made me love Austin even more because I do think the fact that she's still relevant that the things she was talking about still make sense in different settings and different time periods is amazing. But, and I talked about this in the newsletter a little bit, I, I do think it reinforced for me just how brilliant Austin's writing is. Yeah, but that was a fun one. So I am moving on. I'm not going to do another Austin retelling challenge in 2024, but that was a great way to kind of cap that off. And then I always do the tournament of books, which takes place in March. And that is from the morning news. And that has 16 books set up in a bracket style competition. And I absolutely love that every year. My favorite part is that the way the winners are chosen for each bracket 
are that they bring in authors and editors, critics who make a judgment about the two and have an essay describing why they chose the one that they chose. And sometimes I don't agree with the perspectives, but it's always interesting to read other people's perspectives on what they value in choosing the book to move forward. And then there's a summer thing called Camp TOB that they usually pick six books. And that was fun too. I also did 23 backlist in 2023 and partway through the year, I added the clear yourself challenge, which was a bookstagram challenge. And both of those helped me tackle my unread shelves, which is always a goal for me. I'm, I'm very drawn to the new and shiny. And so it's nice to have that little push to go back and read the books that I bought that I've had there forever. So the 23 backlist in 2023, at the beginning of the year, I set out 23 books that I was going to read. And I did complete all of those. Clear yourself challenge for that one. There are monthly challenges that I don't know until the month happens. And they basically put out this little challenge board and has four little categories. And so I'm going and harvesting those choices from my unread shelves. And that one's been really fun. And it's neat to just have that. Oh my gosh, how am I going to meet this, this challenge? And there's simple things like read a book with a white cover, or there was one in the fall, read a book with a tree on the cover. But it really let me delve into what I've got and reminded me of some books that I've had forever. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, they get in the back stack of your bookshelf, the one that's <laughs> hidden behind another stack of books. Yeah. So that, that was fun. So yeah, I, I felt like I had a great year with my challenges. How about you, Ashley? Yeah, well, um, I did not do nearly as many as Jen, and which is fine. So I think it's something for us to note that, of course, we have different preferences, and we also read drastically different quantities of books. Mine is much smaller. <laughs> and so because of that, you know, that affects what you choose. But I've learned to try to choose things that work for me and that I can feel some success with. So like Jen said, absolutely, of course, I finished the Unabridged Pod Reading Challenge, which is fun, but also a necessity. <laughs> but I did really enjoy that one this year. And I think when I'm thinking back about some of the books that we read, I really loved Michael Bennett's Better the Blood which covered several categories for the challenge because it was an indigenous author. It could be considered a mystery and it certainly is set in a country that I'd like to visit. And so I just, you know, that book is something that I might not have chosen because it's not a genre that I often choose, but oh my gosh, that book was fantastic. I mean, so that's just an example of where reading challenges, I think really help us try new things. And then sometimes we discover really great books because of it. The other challenge that I focused on this year was the uncorked reading challenge. That one is done by Christine, who is the uncorked librarian. They're based out of Asheville, North Carolina. And I had done theirs before and they changed it quite a bit this year and did like a bingo board instead. And so that meant that every three months there, so each quarter, there was a new board and each board had nine different topics on it. And the goal was to at least have a bingo, but a lot of people worked to cover the boards. And I really, I enjoyed that. I found satisfaction and there were some nice graphics that I could drop into Canva and kind of keep track of. And so I enjoyed that with keeping up with my covers. I did, I am a bit of a completionist, so I did feel like I needed to cover all the bingo board for each time. And I did not successfully do that. So like I definitely had more than bingo, but I usually didn't cover the whole board. And that left me feeling a little 
dissatisfaction where I was like, oh, maybe I should cover these last two categories or whatever. But I tried to make peace with that. In general, it was really fun. I read a lot of interesting things that I might have read anyway. But as you were saying, Jen, about the clear shelf challenge, I mean, it's like, oh, how am I going to meet this category about, you know, set on an island or how am I going to meet this one? They do a lot that are set in different countries. And so, you know, trying to find ones that cover the right country, things like that. That was really interesting. So yeah, I had a good experience overall. I think that I intended to try to do more challenges at the beginning of the year, which was a lofty goal, but did not come to pass. So I'm happy with those two. That was what I focused on. (laughs) And all things considered, I felt like it went pretty well. Yeah. And I think that's a great tip about the Canva thing. I will say, as we start talking about our podcast challenge for this coming year, we do have graphics that you can download as JPEGs. And I put mine in Google Drawing, and then I just have it there in the background, and then I slide the covers in there. So yeah, I think if you're someone who does Bookstagram, or you just like to have that for yourself, having a graphic that you can kind of fill in as you go is really satisfying to look back and see those covers accruing over the course of the year. And on our website, we have a link or places where you can download all of those graphics. So whether you're on Facebook or you're on Instagram, or again, you just want it for yourself. Yeah, that's a possibility. Yes. Every year, Jen's graphics get more beautiful. So definitely check those out because they look really nice. And it and it is, I mean, it is a motivator. So I think it's important to think about, of course, it's nice to have visually appealing graphics, but it's also that, you know, I mean, the goal of challenges is to encourage us to read more, read differently, stretch ourselves a bit as readers. And so those things do matter when it comes to accountability. So speaking of our challenge, we wanted to share a little bit more about what our challenge looks like for 2024. You certainly can still join in. And for what it's worth, if you are listening and it's several months later, as long as you're still in 2024, you can join in at any time. So don't feel like we've we've definitely looked at that. We try not to make it where if you didn't sign up in January, you can't participate. That's one of the things Jen and I have talked about is sometimes we do that we do we choose to join into other challenges, but we've tried to make ours not that way so that people can join in at any time. If you want to check it out on our website, it's unabridgedpod.com slash reading challenge 2024. All one word. That has all the graphics that Jen mentioned. It's got buttons to all the different places. And then we also populate blog posts that help with the different categories. There's there's some right now. So if you are listening and it's the episode has just come out, you can go ahead and check it out and start doing some planning for the year. So I did want to take time to share those categories with you for this year. So again, this is our 2024 reading challenge. And I'm just going to go through Jen's beautiful graphic here to share our categories. First is a book about travel. Then we have a book about climate change. Work of historical fiction by an LGBTQ author. Audiobook read by the author, buddy read or book club pick with someone new, romance by an indigenous author, seasonal or holiday book, book recommended on a podcast, book with an unusual point of view, book on your backlist by a BIPOC author, middle grade novel in verse, and finally a book published before 1950. 
those are our categories for this year. And we're so excited to do them. We looked at the ones we'd had. This is our fourth year running. So we looked back to see what we'd covered in previous years. And there were some things that we wanted to make sure that we continue to include as we think about how to make sure we're reading widely. But then we do try to change it up each year to, to have some new categories to take on. So for sure, as we've done in past years throughout the year, both with our episodes and also with our blog posts, we will be giving lots of recommendations and things that we can do to support each of the categories and finding books that work. Yeah, just highlighting a couple of things. So book with an unusual point of view is one that I realize might seem strange, but that could be there are books out there. There were several published in 2023 that are narrated by animals, for example, or you could have, I'm thinking of like the book thief that's narrated by death. So you can really define, we we are not the keepers of all answers. So you can define <laughs> these however you want, but that is sort of what we were envisioning when we put together that category. I also want to emphasize that seasonal or holiday book does not have to mean winter or Christmas or the Christmas holiday or, you know, the winter holidays, it can be any seasons. So, you know, if you find a book that's perfect for spring, awesome. Go for it. Yeah. I think the rest of them are pretty self-explanatory, but always, if you have questions, let us know. And I did want to reinforce that, of course, books recommended on our podcast do count. So you can probably kill two birds with one stone for that one, because we will have episodes centered on all of these categories, as Ashley said. If anyone does story graph, I did set up the challenge on story graph and that is active. So you can sign up and start keeping track of things there. And then eventually on the website will populate as people start putting their picks on story graph. We'll link to those because that's a great place to get recommendations from other readers. Yeah, this last year, there were a lot of recommendations for some of the categories. So that is a really nice way to see a wide and, and then it's not just Jen and myself recommending things, you're getting a huge mix of readers who and what they chose for the category, because it's all just populated by what people put in. So that's really cool. And we do have um, a group on Instagram, where that you can join. So if you have a specific category that you're having trouble finding a book for, you can ask the group. And on Facebook, our unabridged book club, it serves the same purpose. So activity on those comes and goes. But I think early in the year, a lot of people are kind of laying out their list of what they want to read for the year. So I feel like we have more conversation about it early in the year. And you can certainly share your successes in those places as well. Yeah, definitely. So we're excited about that one. And we will, of course, both be participating in that for 2024. But we wanted to share what else we are doing or planning to do this coming year. So Jen, do you want to talk about the ones that the others that you're participating in? Sure. I'm going to do a couple of the same ones. So I am going to do 24 backlast in 2024. And at some point, I, I feel like my number may not be able to match the year, but <laughs> I, I'm going to go with it for 24. I feel like I can do two backlist books a month and I am going to do tournament of books and camp TOB again. The new one I'm planning to do as long as it comes out as we are recording, it has not been released yet is book riots read harder challenge. And I have done that in the past. And that is one that has really pushed me. So I, because as Ashley said, because I am also a completionist, I feel like that one has caused me a little stress because there are some tough categories usually in that one. If for some reason they have decided not to continue with that, and I might do this one anyway, Biblio Lifestyle has a nice one 
that the categories feel like things that will push me in the direction I want to go. So that one has 12 categories and it's things like a memoir by an activist or trailblazer, a book about the Me Too movement, a book that explores belonging. And so I like the way that's making me think about my reading. So I might do that one also. I'm not committing firmly here. I'll kind of see what happens with Read Harder before I commit for sure. So yeah, those are my picks. How about you, Ashley? Well, I'm excited about doing ours. And then I also am planning to do Uncorked again. I believe I will probably participate. They've already announced theirs and it looks good. And so I probably will do that. But then I also am really excited. The new one for me is that M. Judson is our local independent bookstore here in Greenville, South Carolina. And I love that bookstore and we're still pretty new on the ground here. And so I've been in some, but you know, I haven't, they have a lot of events and I haven't done a whole lot yet, but they do have one as we're recording, like Jim was saying about the read harder challenge. They have not released as of right now, their 2024 challenge, but the one for 2023 looks great and had some resources. And so I'm going to plan to try to participate in that for 2024. So I'm excited about that. It sounds like they have it set up where it's 12 books. And if you submit each of your books, they have a be- they have a party at the end of the year at the bookstore. So that sounds fun. And I think I'll plan to try to participate as the year goes along. So we'll see. That sounds great. So is Uncorked doing the bingo cards again? Yes, I think so. I really hadn't looked a whole lot at it. I am on their newsletter list. So if you're interested in joining theirs, I would definitely recommend the newsletter because that's where I get a lot of the recommendations and they have lots of good information there. But yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it back up and it is, it's bingo cards again and it's also quarterly again. And again, I liked all of that. I thought it was fun to do and pretty low key. Mm-hmm. And I really did enjoy it. So yeah, they have a the bingo style again this time. Nice. Well, we will be so interested to hear what you are doing for challenges this year. You can let us know on social media at Unabridged Pod. We're most active on Instagram, but you can find us other places too. And we wanted to wrap up our episode today by talking about our new spotlight feature that we've been doing this season. So Jen, what would you like to spotlight today? I just want to spotlight a movie that I feel has been unfairly criticized, but I watched the Marvels and absolutely loved it. And I the reviews have not been great. And I know it has been underperforming in theaters, but I really loved it. Maybe it's the girl power of it all. But that one is, it's the shortest Marvel movie in recent memory. It's only an hour, 45 minutes. And it's about Carol Danvers, who is Captain Marvel, Kamala Khan, who is Ms. Marvel, And then Monica Rambeau, who they're trying to name something Marvel throughout the movie. But (laughs) Kamala Khan, I think, is my favorite. And if you watched her series on Disney Plus, Ms. Marvel is a lot about this Muslim teenager whose family has immigrated to the United States. And she is struggling with all of the normal teenage things. Her parents are a little overprotective. She has this older brother she loves very much. He's also overprotective. And she is working to establish her own identity. And then she gets superpowers. And she is obsessed. She has this big hero worship going on for Captain Marvel, which is why she names herself Ms. Marvel. And so Kamala and her whole family are in the Marvels and are just, every time they're on screen, it just makes me happy. 
<laughs> and they go to these interesting places. It's just such a fun movie. And yeah, it, there is, of course, a villain, but I don't care as much about that. I just care about the way these women work together and work through things and their families and friendships. And I absolutely loved it. So ignore all the negative reviews you've seen. Ignore those box office numbers and go watch The Marbles. It's so much fun. I will definitely watch. You would love so it. To hear you that. would love it. It's so good. Sounds great. And I don't feel like it's one of those that you have to have kept up with all the Marvel things to enjoy. Of course, there are references to the places these characters, the movies and TV shows they were in before, but none of it is, I don't think, dependent on having seen that, which is kind of nice because some of the Marvel movies are, if you haven't watched the 10 movies that came before, you don't know what's going on. This is yeah. not one of those. So, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Ashley, how about you? What's your spotlight? So I just wanted to share a packing item. Um, I've done a lot of packing with my family recently. And so we were back in Greenville, but I certainly have packed a lot of suitcases in the last few months. And I just wanted to share compression cubes are something that are really useful. Gonex is the brand that I always use, G-O-N-E-X. And it's just something that if you travel particularly with families and you're not familiar with them, I just want to recommend that you check them out because they're not very expensive. And basically the way they work is that they are a bag that zip like opens and zips. Some of them you can see through like part of its mesh. And then some of them are like fully covered. They're kind of a nylon texture. And so you can't always see into them. The mesh ones are probably the best because then you can glance in and see what's in there. But anyway, what happens is you zip them up, but then they have another layer of zipper and it's a very strong zipper. And so what it does is takes what is a much bigger bag and makes it much tighter. So it's very effective for packing if you're traveling on planes and you're short on space. But also I like them like even when we're just going to my dad's house, like we always pack in the cubes because it is an easy way to share bags and keep your clothes and things separate from each other. So I just wanted to share that as uh, maybe a bizarre tip, but I do think that that's something that I didn't discover for a long time. But since traveling with kids, I use them all the time and I just, um, they've been on my mind because I've used them a lot <laughs> recently, but I do always find that they have a lot of purposes and that again, it's something that I'm not sure people are very familiar with, but I think they're really helpful. And again, it could be for major travel, like travel that my family has done, but it also could just be if there are multiple people in your family and you travel to see, you know, other family members, often they're useful for that too. You don't have to do that compression part. Mm -hmm. So if you're not short on space, you don't have to do the pushing down and the double zip, but they're still nice for organizational purposes. So I think that's so, yeah. a great spotlight tip. <laughs> I know I don't have them, but they are very appealing. I think you would love them, Jen. It's funny because I feel like people who enjoy categorizing your books and filling out the graphics we were talking about today are also of the personality type that would enjoy the aesthetics yes. of the compression cubes. So yes, they are very satisfying. I love to like make the giant pile of stuff on the bed and then shove it all in there. Uh -huh. you, I roll them so they're very tight. So like I stuff all the stuff in there and then I cinch it down and then I'm like, oh my gosh, it's now like 25% the size it was before. Are you taking like lots of before and after pictures? <laughs> sometimes I do. Sometimes it depends on how both how desperate I am, like time crunch wise, but also how badly I need to gratify myself <laughs> because that is a very effective uh -huh. way to feel good. So there you go. I'm all about that. 
<laughs> check the thing off the list and do the before and after shot of your compression cube. Yes. It feels great. Mm-hmm. Good, good feeling. And things like that are pretty tedious. So you definitely need to cheer yourself along. So, well, thank you all so much for listening today. We are so excited about our 2024 reading challenges. We hope you're joining us for the unabridged pod one, but we're also excited to hear others that you are planning to do. So definitely let us know. And thanks for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at unabridged pod or on the web at unabridgedpod.com for ways to support us. To get more involved, you can sign up for our newsletter, join a buddy read, or become an ambassador. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.